Welcome to the process of things. Does stuff work? All right. I think we're live. Again. Yay. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the process of things. Does stuff work? Does it? <laughs> I don't know. You guys, I don't know. This listeners, recording situation. This recording situation today may not work. I don't know what was going Every on. Every time we tried to record a, a weird metronome started ticking in the background which made me feel like I had to practice my scales or something <laughs> and Ruthie was singing it's and I just kept jolly. saying test 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 mm-hmm. it was it was funny um so welcome to the process of things does stuff work we're in season two all about awkward difficult uncomfortable conversations and this is episode where are we episode five and today we're talking about something a little bit, you know, a little bit nicer. Nicer. Giving yeah. positive feedback. Yeah. But that's easy. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Yeah. It is easy to say stuff like, you're great. Keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Good, Good job. job. Ugh. So gross. So we're going to teach you how to give better um, feedback because mm-hmm. all the feedback <laughs> we <laughs> we get from our um, participants in classes and clients is that People are aching, yearning, dying for the recognition, approval, feedback of their manager. Well, they and just we've been want talking it. about the negative scenarios, which, you know, managers need to learn because it's part of the job. It's also part of the job to deal with the positive things and to grow your team and to inspire them and motivate them in a really constructive way and at the same time to deal with those people that they want feedback so much that they're sitting at your office door with almost their tail wagging if they had one (laughs) right and you're just oh my gosh go away do I need to tell you that this is good you should just know right so you've got those overachievers and then you've got people who just need to get better and you need to help them yeah and sometimes it's really hard to give critical feedback to your overachievers um, in that, you know, y- you feel like you're just nitpicking, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, we always used to have a, well, you used to call it, um, blood all over the page, right? You know, blood like the there's like a super smart, um, deck written up or a super smart slide deck or presentation or report or whatever. And the, the worst f- thing I have ever hear from people is like, yeah. And then my manager just moved all the periods around and, you know, told me to bold a few words and it was super insulting that that's the only feedback they had and they're griping about the formatting and this and that and you know uh, what's a better way to get that feedback to your high performers because as a manager sometimes you feel like you have to provide some feedback or critique well and sometimes it's important to say you know you need to change this format depending on who the audience is sometimes you are just nitpicking and you need to worry about the outcome versus the details and specifics. I mean, what? anyhow, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. This um, is what happens all the time. We start chatting about something and Nicole says, just stop talking. We're going to record a podcast. <laughs> so that's what we're doing here. So super ad hoc today. Super, super ad hoc. Welcome to This is the Process of Things. Does stuff work? I am Nicole North. And I am Ruth Henderson. And we are your hosts today. Welcome to the process of things where we take current business trends and buzzwords and let you know whether they actually work or not. Feedback always works. Well, no. Good feedback, thoughtfully prepared and sensitively given, (laughs) always works. (laughs) 
<laughs> crappy yeah. feedback will have the opposite impact. A hundred percent. So I guess the first thing is, you know, we start every podcast with, wait, you guys called this season difficult, awkward conversations. Mm-hmm. Why is good feedback hard to give? Two reasons. One, she's got answers for everything. More. I'm folks. like, I'm on fire. She's today. on the ball. First one, I don't have time. Mm. I don't have time. I'm going to walk by. I'm going to kind of tap your desk as I walk by or wave at you in the hallway or in the Tim Hortons when I see you downstairs. And I'm going to go, ooh, presentation. That was really good. Thank you. So I feel better as a manager having thanked you, having recognized you and given you feedback that you did a good job. Oh, check mark for me. I'm an A1 manager. Right. So thank you. Easy to just do that and to fly by and tell people. And I think in another um, podcast we said, it is better than nothing, 100%. for sure. It's hard to do it effectively because it takes time. And that's the only reason, is to just sit down and go, okay, I need to talk. I'm Nicole is a high performer, and I really want to help her get better. What does she need to get better at? She's been working on presentation skills. Well, this time she didn't read the slides. She clearly had rehearsed ahead of time, and it was evident So that is the specific feedback I'm going to give her. But I need to take that five minutes. I need to make time to speak with you so that I'm not in front of the whole room. Because it's one thing to just say, hey, Nicole, great job in front of all your peers. It's another thing to give specific feedback. And well, that's the other thing. You would love it even if you got general feedback like that. Some people would hate it. Yeah. And And I I think in organizations, I think people are just, you know, I think people that are also common high performers are just tired of hearing Mm. good job. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, My husband had an employee who was, you know, yearning for feedback. And she was just like, Tom, please tell me, tell me what I can do better. And he was literally talking to me and he's like, I literally don't know what to tell her. She's fantastic. She does everything perfectly. I I don't know what she could do better. I I honestly don't know what to tell her. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was a a fascinating So I guess you know, why is it hard? I'm not sure hard is the right word because it's about carving out time. It's about being thoughtful in what you're going to say. And it's about being able to, you know, if Tom struggles to find that kind of um, helpful feedback for someone, it's, it's about learning to do it, I guess. And that, that's the hardest part. Yeah. Learning to find it, to be consider it and to really connect the dots. I, I try to tell my coaching clients, you need to have a path. And they say, oh, but I'm so young. I'm 24. I don't really want to commit to something five years down the road because things could change. Fair enough, I say. It's totally fair. Still, how are you going to make decisions about what you're doing today if those decisions are not linking up the dots to something in the future? So I try to tell them, pick the path, pick the goal, Make your decisions to reach that goal. And then if along the way something changes and you think, oh, okay, I did these first two things and now this has been presented to me as an option, I'm going to, okay, go ahead and achieve and, and follow that path. But helping people, as a manager, helping them come to that conclusion and then connect those dots, whether it's task-oriented specific positive feedback or what we talk about with the global global behaviors when we're helping to mentor someone, you know, what do you need to do to become a successful 
pick a job, CFA, you know, um, doctor, <laughs> physiotherapist, whatever it is, there's global behaviors that are needed. So either way, it's about, it's your job and it's easier to just be general than it is to be vague. Yeah. And I think for some people, it's like a fear of, you know, this person's so good. I don't want to give them anything that's going to deflate their ego and make them feel worse. I don't want to do anything that's going to make them say like, what, you know, what's my manager talking about giving me this feedback? Like, I know I'm great. He knows I'm great. What, it, what you know, what are you just like now? You're just like, uh, yeah. what's it drawing at straws, like mm-hmm. picking, nitpicking on some tiny little things? So, I think it's more of a thing of let's get in the habit of giving feedback altogether. We've mm-hmm. talked about all the ways to give difficult feedback, and now let's also make sure, like, once you build those skills in difficult feedback, you also don't want to be sitting there all day long. Can I tell you something? Last week at the presentation, I saw you do this. The impact yeah, was this. That is picking, right? You right. want to find the uplifting moments as well. Yeah. I was talking to um, a client last week who has someone who is um, pretty good at his job. He's got a couple of other issues that they're working through. This guy wants recognition whenever he does anything well. And what I wanted to say was, and, <laughs> of course, he would. I would like to know when I'm doing things well, especially if he's struggling with other things. So it's in the balance to be able to say, okay, you're working on this piece, and I also noticed you did this well. So the client said to me, well, I don't need that kind of recognition. And I said, okay, well, this, this person clearly does. He's asking for it, and as a manager, you need to find a way to tell him. And I think... For him, that was hard because it's embarrassing for him to go on and he doesn't want to be so effusive that this guy then stops focusing on the other things that he could improve. Mm. It's sort of like he was saying, not until he's perfect at everything will I give him any feedback. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. It's also a big personality trait thing too, right? Like the, um, I believe it's um, ENFPs are very, uh, we're talking Myers-Briggs personality type. So um, in this case, I'm talking about an extrovert with um, uh, preference for introvi- uh, intuition. Big picture. Uh, yeah, big picture thinking, preference for feeling and preference for uh, perceiving. Um, for those of you that know that, um, ENFPs have a huge need for accolades and um, oh, yeah. constant feedback um, that really motivates and drives them. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes them feel good. It boosts up their ego. It peps up their energy. It just kind of does that. So mm-hmm. there's some also things to keep in mind. You might have employees that don't want or are embarrassed yeah. by positive feedback, even in a one-on-one setting, to people who need really, you know, really good feedback all the time. So let's talk about those differences. What about that person? I always will. Th- I will always think of one person. Um, who reported, I think, to you at one point. Um, And she did not want any recognition ever. Mm. She was up for a few... Public recognition. Public recognition. There are some people who still are like, yep, yep, okay, thanks. Like They they really would prefer, I just want to do my job. And yet, you still need to reward in some way. You need to positively reinforce the great behavior that you saw so that you can always refer back to that. So how do you do that with that kind of person versus the ENFP who would like to be up on a stage with a spotlight like you? 
Oh, yeah. And get accolades all over the place. I think, well, I guess for me, it, it's two, two different things. So giving critical or giving feedback in a positive light, saying like, hey, when you did this presentation, you made eye contact with everyone in the room the entire time, didn't look at your slides once. Mm-hmm. I noticed the entire room engaged for the entire duration of your uh, presentation and and I saw that the message hit them and they got it and they were they were bought right into it um, is one thing versus um, reward and recognition for performance longer term I don't know mm-hmm. like you know like both I, both and I think yeah. both and for me they're they're I'm I'm separating them in my in my head at least right now well they're different and both are necessary. That's what I meant by both and, you know, um, we know clients who don't even have performance management conversations. So that's a whole different situation. So how do you do that? You now have a team reporting to you made up with people who are on that entire spectrum from don't embarrass me to, to fully embarrass me, um, with, with praise. So what's the, so let's say you're in a a fairly new manager, you've been presented with this team and we're not talking performance management. We're not talking the once a year conversation or twice a year or four times if you're super lucky. We're talking about ad hoc during the day, recognizing good work and trying to provide that positive reinforcement. How do I, as a manager, go go about determining how to do that for all these people who are on that spectrum? If it were me and I was in my ideal situation as a new manager, I would have met with my entire team, had Mm -hmm. my little one-on-one meetings with each of them to learn about them, get to know them. And one of my questions right away would be, how do you like to be recognized? How do you like to get feedback? Um, And, you know, kind of prod and um, ask those questions to figure out what it is that people like. I think that's the only thing you can do. And I yeah, think I a lot so. of people have a tendency to come in and go, okay, reward and recognition. I need to figure that out. I'm going to buy a whole stack of Tim cards, Tim's cards, to give to people when they do something well. Uh, or I'm going to put a program in place in my team, and we're all going to recognize wh- something somebody else did once a month, both of which are great ideas and work for different teams. And there's always going to be that one person who would rather crawl into a hole. Oh, yeah. And the ability to address it with each of those people is the critical thing. I think taking the time, Mm -hmm. taking the time to when you've got positive feedback or recognition to give that, you know, your first step is to do it private Mm one-on-one, give them that feedback in person, do it like that, you know, and, you know, if necessary, say, you know, I'd love to recognize you in front of the whole team or, you know, this presentation was so good. I want you to share it with our team and share some of the tips um, to really showcase what you did. How do you feel about that? Does Mm -hmm. that make you comfortable or uncomfortable? You know, and let the person kind of gauge and they might say, oh, Nicole, thank you. That's very kind of you, but that would make me very uncomfortable. This conversation was more than enough, Mm -hmm. right? Meanwhile, I walk in the door and you say, can you present this to the whole team and share your experience? Absolutely. And you start getting an outfit ready. Right, yeah, like I'm (laughs) ready to go. I would love to do that and that would be 
the ultimate form of recognition for me, mm-hmm. uh, knowing that you you know wanted me to present that in front of the whole team. So is recognition then we've kind of morphed into the recognition conversation. Is that the same thing as giving positive feedback? I was going to disagree with you at first because I, I thought they were separate. I, not that I thought they were separate. I, I was focused most on just giving yeah. but I think the they, feedback. They can be separate. They, and I think they're linked. They, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's right back to that um, coaching, coachable moments, right? So you can do it just, and you should, on the cuff. You see something going really well. It can even be something like, hey... I saw you taking that new employee under your wing and showing them the ropes the other day, and I didn't even ask you to do that. Thank you. Right? Um, And it can also be part of a conversation, a weekly conversation you might have with people, or a longer one. Maybe somebody's come to you to ask uh, what they could do better, because they're that keen, keen, keen person. And you want to talk about those things that they can do better, and you also want to highlight those things that are going well without turning it into a kiss with the kit conversation. Because we talk about that in a few of our podcasts Yeah, where the worst thing is if your whole purpose is to give people constructive feedback and you sandwich it between positive things, it, the message is lost. If you're talking more generically with someone about performance or about a goal they may have or career aspirations, then there's nothing wrong with saying, okay, let's talk about those things that you do really, really well, and let's talk about those things that you could do better. And that's mm-hmm. okay, too. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I think it can switch in and out yeah, quite fluidly between giving somebody positive feedback as part of a formal conversation or a more formal conversation and making sure that you're finding those positive moments throughout the day or throughout the week so that you're not that person who's only doing it when things go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And I think really nailing down that that feedback and recognition, right? So instead mm-hmm. of like, thanks so much for staying late last night. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks thanks thanks, thanks. 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 And, you know, as manager says, we're like, oh, well, I'm giving recognition. I really said thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but have you articulated the impact of that? Well, that's the thing. Thanks so much for staying late last night. That package got out on time and got to approval and made it through right mm-hmm. on our deadlines. And that was really important for me um, and really important for our team. Mm-hmm. That's what I appreciate. Thanks so much for taking that new employee under their wing. That showed leadership. Mm. And uh, it showed that you're willing to go that extra mile for the team. You know, And that person now feels better. So that impact is there, yeah. not just for them, but for the other people. Yeah, so it becomes recognition paired with mm-hmm. this, this good feedback, this positive feedback. So, you know... The, the impact piece is what we've talked about in pretty much all of our other conversations about mm-hmm. letting people know the impact, whether we were talking about the impact of perfume or body odor smells on the rest of the team, mm-hmm. or we were talking about the impact of um, uh, some kind of action that required constructive feedback. We also need to let people know the impact of the positive things that we're reinforcing so that they know why it was good. and. And that that's what they want to do again. Yeah. Because if you just tell me my presentation was good, mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Were the slides good? Mm-hmm. Was my voice good? Were my body gestures good? Mm-hmm. 
Was the activities good? Yeah. What about it? If you don't articulate to me what I did and what the impact did, I don't understand yeah. what made it so good. And I might go back and say, wow, Ruth said I did really good. I think that's because I had 700 slides. Yes. So next time I'm going to make <laughs> 700 slides too. And mm -hmm. every time I'm going to make 700 slides. Meanwhile, it had nothing to do with my oh, slides. Yeah. It had some, to do with something else. And now I'm wasting time making slides and perhaps deteriorating my performance over time because I'm focusing on the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to say, what can we do now to help those managers that, you know, they do have, you know, we, everyone's kind of had one, like the near perfect employee. Mm -hmm. They're your dream. And it's really hard to give them critical feedback and yet they want it because after a while they get really tired of just saying you're great keep doing what you're doing mm -hmm. um are we giving them positive feedback then yeah. or critical feedback positive feedback positive feedback um and i, I guess i'm making like a little bit of a shift into that high performer mm. um how might you be able to let's let's say you know peter Peter, Let's give Peter, Peter has been through some rough times, hard times, but he is now performing perfectly. Yeah. And I really don't know what to tell Peter. I don't even know. I mean, you know, I've given him the positive feedback. I've done all this stuff. I don't, I don't even know what to tell Peter anymore because he's just perfect. I don't want to wreck anything. Yeah. I don't want him to go back to his salmon eating days yes. <laughs> i don't want to go back angry lester this, days this is angry days yeah i just want to keep him exactly where he is um and so one strategy that we love um is the you know how would you rate yourself yeah right so you've got a person being like i want more feedback i want more feedback okay great so how would you rate yourself on that presentation out of 10 yeah that there's there's two ways i think we can deal with perfect peter <laughs> he's now perfect he's now perfect i mean you've got what you're talking about that that rating where you say in your head you're like i'm gonna give you a 10 so and i don't want to say that so i'm gonna flip it on to you <laughs> and let you talk about and knowing perfect peter it's highly unlikely that he will say 10 oh perfect peter highly is not. unlikely because they're itching to grow and do more all the time yeah and just like we've said before no matter what he gives himself one or nine it doesn't matter although if he's rating himself really low you might want to have a conversation about self-esteem or is are they then just you know self-deprecating self yes and just going oh i'm so awful i know i'm your worst employee okay that's annoying and that would not make him perfect peter no so in this case we're truly talking about that would make him peter, needy peter needy peter we're probably he's going to give himself or a seven or an eight yeah and then you're going to say okay so what do you think is needed to fill in that gap. Yeah. You mean, I mean, start, start building their confidence yeah. by saying, what are all the things that you think you did great to get yeah. a, a well, seven or eight? Sure. And then you can move into the, the critical yeah. feedback. So as that well. give 100%. So that first thing, yes, eight, I would say at least an eight, Peter, let's talk about all those things that you did to get you there. Now, quite frankly, I'd like to hear from you. What do you think would in, you know, move that needle up closer to a 10 and he's going to give you stuff so you don't have to think about it unless yeah. he's truly scratching his head and going, I really don't know. I really don't know. In which case I might turn it more to let's talk about your goals, right? You've, 
you've nailed these specific tasks that we've been working on and these yeah. are going really well. And we've in the past, you've picked a path because I've encouraged you to pick a path. What are those things then that you can work on? If not in this job, let's move on to global behavior yeah. patterns. And that's a great um, sneak peek into season three of the podcast, which is going to be all about managing your own career. Mm-hmm. What? You mean my boss isn't supposed to manage my career? Yeah. Managing yeah. your own career. So everything from when you know you need to start looking for something mm-hmm. else, um, getting your resume ready, getting your interview stories ready, prepping we do for this stories. so much for people. Yeah. And it's really interesting. And the stories or the issues are always the same person to person. So they really are. That's going to be a very exciting series. I'm, I'm, pumped and I know you are anyhow that's um, that's but, a sidebar but that's what Peter would need to do right yeah. if you really can't think of anything for per- your perfect employee then start thinking bigger than that think about um ta- yeah. helping them work on where they want to go next planning their career who they could help could they mentor someone could they share that knowledge with someone else or yes are they happy where they are oh well that's possible too performing exactly mm-hmm. where they are. Mm-hmm. That's really common. I'm hearing that more and more. Um, there's a course we teach um, called Is Management for Me? Mm-hmm. And I am hearing that more and more and more from um, the demographics in that class. And I'm looking at, you know, probably millennials, uh, Gen Xers, even the Zennials, if mm-hmm. you've heard of that yes. new new generational type that cluster in there is not so sure they're interested in management or progressing or doing anything different. They seem to be quite happy doing what they're doing. Well, there's and something to be said for achieving that and then being able to build your work-life balance as well, right? Yeah, and that that's okay. Yeah. I think um, so totally. many managers want to push people into their, their, their superstars, into leadership or management positions, Um and a lot of people are just saying, um, no, thank thanks, you. thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, promoting people into failure as sorry, well. Sorry, not sorry. It's that idea of find your dream level and, and deal with it. And then, again, if it's not about global desires and moving on in your career, can you now start sharing that information? If that's what you're, you know, perfect Peter, yeah. can you be um, job helping somebody else job shadow with you? Can you take on some of that kind of work if that's what you want to do? That's awesome. So, so that's something to think about. You yeah. might have these superstar employees that you want to help grow and promote. And they're just like, thanks, but I just want to hang here. Mm-hmm. And you need to be okay with that and find out, you know, now that they've mastered the skills yeah. of their role. And they're continuing to do it well. They're not getting bored and lazy and making no. mistakes. No. What yeah. can you do to keep them engaged? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that kind of leads into my next question was, uh, or our next kind of mini topic is, you know, what does the, what does the research say? What is, um, you know, what are the, you know, Harvard Business Reviews saying about giving this kind of positive feedback? And I think the ultimate answer is you're getting better engagement from your employees, higher retention, lower mm-hmm. turnover, mm-hmm. Um, higher performance, efficiency. Th- there's a Gallup study that was done a few years ago um, and uh, I could find it if I needed to, but it talks scientifically about the link between employee engagement and corporate results. And it shows, it's quite a long study, but it shows the link between um, highly engaged, which means somebody who is highly engaged is 
not only satisfied with their job, but they are likely to recommend their organization to a friend or someone else to work there. So many different organizations will measure that engagement a different way. They might use a question like, how likely are you to look for a new job and leave the company in six months? Maybe that's their measure, but there are different questions. And so they look at things like, are you challenged in your job? Is it interesting? Do you like it? Do you feel you have opportunity? And a big one is, are you engaged with your manager? Are they showing genuine interest in you? That sort of thing. And that links directly to customer satisfaction. So um, engaged employees are much more likely to be kind and interesting and interested in their customers. Yeah. And the customers feel that, and they are more likely then to spend money, hence the revenue. Absolutely. And, and you can even take it right to back office, right? Yeah. Back office employees are engaged, so their products are timely and not backlogged and, and efficient. Uh, produced with quality and efficient. Yes. And therefore, that gets translated to customer service staff who receive the back office items in a timely, efficient, yeah. and accurate manner. So they're happier yeah. about how they get to interact with customers. And it just kind of, it goes down the line. I would like to do a study with L.L. Bean. Oh, I... I've loved them since I was a kid, and my dad was huge into L.L. Bean. He was very much an outdoorsman, camping, boating, all that kind of stuff. And we used to joke about my dad's L.L. Bean pocket knife and his L.L. Bean knife for gutting fish. And, and we don't the, have L.L. Bean here in Canada. No, but we you, used they to ship have for free to Canada, though. Really? Yes. Well, there you go, everyone. We are not sponsored by L.L. Bean. We are Bean, not, but I would but be very happy if L.L. <laughs> Bean reached out to us. But I just but went... Is Eddie Bauer the Canadian version of L.L. Bean, well, sort of? Well, I don't of? know. They may be. I have no idea if their customer service is as top-notch because no I haven't experienced it re recently. I mean, I've never had a bad experience there, but I also haven't had a raving, amazing one. But definitely so check out, there's a This American Life episode um, that specifically speaks to the customer service strategy at L.L. Bean. And the, the concept of L.L. Bean's customer service strategy is you can return anything at any time without anything right well so i told the story i told you about how my dad had a red cashmere sweater with a hole in the elbow and because he was born in 1928 he grew up darning socks and he so cute he emailed them to ask for some matching thread so he could darn the hole in the sweater they sent him a new sweater i was just there a few weeks ago on my road trip through new england to see the fall colors and i bought a coat one night the next morning woke up with a coupon in my email and was like, wait a minute. Went back to the store with the coupon. They returned everything that I had bought and gave me the 25% off. So I actually bought more. I mean, and not only that, the people were so friendly. Yeah. You couldn't, it was like being at Disneyland, Disney World, where they could not help you enough. Yeah. In the podcast, they were talking about how the customer service staff are trained to not make you feel guilty. Oh, yeah. Right. So they don't actually, um, you know, so their policy is so loose mm -hmm. that you could buy camping equipment one weekend, use it, go camping with it and just return it completely the next weekend. Because they know most people aren't going to do that. Yes. And yes. And they're just trained to yeah. not even no judging, no judging at yeah. all. And that was the whole thing of the podcast. And that's yeah. just incredible. Imagine how engaged those employees are well imagine if you could go that far as a manager and not judge your employees not assume what it is mm. i've talked to people in coaching 
who come right out and say to me, I don't trust them. And when I've asked, I think based they're lying. On, I think they're lying. And I said, based on what? They had nothing on which to base it. Just a feeling that I have. So then, the, yeah, as you were talking about, you've got this whole new saying about what right. story are you telling yourself, yes. right? What's so we had a, uh, you know, we had a coaching client come in tell us that um, an employee didn't show up to work, um, yeah. and uh, the manager said, you know, they said they were sick. I think they're lying. They just didn't want to come in today, right? You know, and we said, okay, well, what makes you think that? How do you know that? You know, asking all the kinds of coaching questions and it just came down to like, well, I don't really know that that's what I heard or that's, you know, that's what I've heard from other people about this employee. And so like, so you don't actually know that. Mm -hmm. And does it actually matter? No. And, you know, as we went well, on and on and on, it's like, what's the story you're telling what's yourself? The story? And that is from I was just Googling that quickly. That's from Brene Brown, who has a book called Rising Strong. And she talks a lot. So. Uh, this was recommended to me by a friend, and you know how we talk a lot about kindness and curiosity, being kind with people, being genuinely curious in what the reasoning is for things. And she talks about that too, but from a different perspective. And she says, what's the story you're telling yourself? So is in the absence of information, are you using assumptions and building your own little narrative that could be wrong? And that could work with how you're giving positive feedback to Perfect Peter you're assuming that he's perfectly happy maybe, and maybe he's not. Maybe Positive Peter is really dying for some good, honest feedback, and either because you're just assuming that you wouldn't want it, so he doesn't either, or because you're too busy, or, 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 you're not taking the time and figuring out how to make sure that your perfect Peter remains engaged. Mm -hmm. And that engagement if it, it may not impact his quality of his work in his specific job, but it may end up impacting his engagement with the rest of his team or his desire to stay and you want to keep people like that. It's, it's really that idea of telling a story and or trying not to tell a story is so critical because you realize you're making up this narrative based on your own background, your own preconceived notions, your own insecurities. I mean, we do this the whole, like every day, right? We get every texts day. and mm -hmm. we're like, oh, mm -hmm. that sounded curt. Like what, what did I do to her? Is it because I canceled plans last night? Well, blah, blah, blah. blah. And you get, mm -hmm. get into this whole snit. Meanwhile, it's just like, oh, that person was just like texting with one hand. So they didn't have time to emoji. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely true. And it's the it's one of the hardest things to do because in times of stress, in times of conflict, we revert to that place that maybe we're not most proud of. And that's when we forget to be kind and curious. And we start telling ourselves that story. So we don't take the time to give the positive feedback because it's easier for us to tell ourselves that they don't need it. No. Can you think of a time that you had to give um, positive feedback and it really went what, like it really impacted the person? Um, I've had a few, a few times when I've had people come in and... Just one, Ruth. We're co-hosting yeah, the show. Yeah, we're co-hosting. <laughs> I've had a few people come in and um, there was a woman, a manager I was working with, and it sounds silly, but we were actually working on her facial expression during presentations to the executive team um, because... She was um, learning to 
be more confident in her ideas and her suggestions. And what mm. she would do is give an idea and then scrunch up her face and her shoulders would go up to her <laughs> ears. So imagine your face goes up, your neck disappears. You're like a turtle with your head disappearing. It's and like you're just kind of screwing up your face and going, was that okay? It's like the whole thing of uh, when you make a statement and rising your yes, intonation. Yes, well, she did that too. Right, to, like, to turn it into a question. Yeah, so, uh, well, what I think we should do is maybe we should try this. <laughs> you know, and her head would go down and her shoulders would go up in the face. And so we had been working on that. And um, uh, she came in and she had been asking me about, you know, um, what was how things were going and, and what she's working on. And I had to be specific about that. And she was so overwhelmed because she we hadn't talked about it specifically in a little while. And so I remember calling her in and saying that I wanted to talk to her about something really great. And I told her she, we just had this meeting or she did mm -hmm. a presentation or whatever it was. And she almost like was teary because she didn't even think about it. So which meant uh. that it had become ingrained as a habit. So the ability to give that feedback and to say specifically when we were just in that meeting and the deputy asked you this question, you provided the answer, your voice stayed level, your face didn't squinch up and you sounded so confident like you knew oh, what you're amazing. talking about and it ended up trickling down to her team because she was a manager and they started seeing a difference as well i love it yeah what about you i love it um i i can't think of a work scenario i don't i i have to say that i don't know as a manager if i was great at giving positive feedback mm. i think i would just do the you're just doing great. Keep doing what you're doing. I mean, I might have said, you know, I really like the way you phrased this here. I really like the way you put this together. I really like the way this looks mm -hmm. and tried to be specific in mm -hmm. that way. But I don't know if I was, um, if I had the tools at the time mm -hmm. to really give um, positive feedback in our kind of ASBE format, right? Mm -hmm. With that, what's the situation? What's the behavior? And what was the impact um, that I have now? Yeah. Um, I would say that I do it, um, I do it at home a lot. Um, like I, you know, I really appreciate you taking out the dog for me. It made, you know, it, it um, made me be able to relax so much more when I got home knowing that that was already done. Thank you so much. Rather Does than he like, know that you're doing that to him, that you're as being, I don't, I don't know. Maybe when it's something positive like that, he doesn't even notice. Don't listen, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I'd have to really. I don't. I don't know if he notices it. Maybe mm -hmm. he's usually pretty attuned to stuff like that. But I like to be really mm -hmm. clear about what the impact is. You know, like thank you so much for doing for this meet. You know, for this for me. This is this is what it's done. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm really trying to reinforce the behavior, right? Well, and that's what this entire conversation is about. How can you reinforce positive behavior? Make the time. Take, take the two seconds it takes to think about it, about what you're going to say and whether you're going to be specific on the one hand. And on the other hand, how are you going to deal with your practically perfect Peter Yeah. and ensure that he remains engaged and challenged and, and give him the good feedback he's itching for. And that feedback may not sound like an ASBE because it's probably going to be good feedback that things are going so well, I'd like to share that with other people. I would like you to coach this person or take yeah. that person under their wing or take on this additional. And that's the feedback format. It's not as yeah. be with 
practically perfect Peter. It's yeah. Asby with the rest of the team that you're trying to remember so hard to balance, especially, or even with, and especially, the person who's really challenging right now. When they do that one thing right, it's even more important that you find that. Yeah. You don't just walk by and go, hey, good job on that last report. You, go, you walk by and you go, hey, we've been talking about this and these are the things that I noticed that went really well. And the impact of that was blah, 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 blah. Thank yeah. you. I noticed a difference. Yeah. So it's that positive yeah. feedback in those two situations. The overachiever, practically perfect, and the 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 normal person, the average person the average on your person. team. Um, I love it. That was actually a great summary. Yeah. Of Thank our talk you. today. <laughs> I You're welcome. You did a really oh, great job I? at summarizing that, and I think it made it very clear for our listeners, and it helped me wrap up the podcast. Aw, thanks for the Asby. You're welcome. <laughs> so thanks for joining us today. Uh, if you want more, uh, check out our website at www.whiteboardconsulting.ca, on Twitter at whiteboardcons, that's whiteboard, C-O-N-S, um, on Instagram, on Facebook. You can find us everywhere. Just mm -hmm. look for us. Um, thank you to our awesome producer, editor extraordinaire, Jason Hatcher, um, for your vision and support in, in the production of this podcast. Oh, and if you want to get a recap, there will be a blog up yes. as well on our website. Check out our yeah. website for a recap blog. Um, also, any of our listeners, if we have regular listeners, I don't know. There's a few. There's a couple. I think at least three. It's like my dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, do um, see if you can go on iTunes and rate and review the podcast. Yes. I understand that it's easier to do on your laptop than on your phone. So if any of you could just take just like a sweet mo to do that, that would mean a lot to us and make us very happy. Mm. And share the links as well. Sometimes yeah. I get frustrated and I shouldn't. Well, I don't know. People like stuff all the time. Like they like this posting or that posting, but they won't actually share it. Yeah. And I need, we need people to share things and get the word out. Yeah. So if you know a new manager, a manager that's struggling with a hard team or a mm -hmm. really good team and they don't know what to tell them because they're so good, mm -hmm. um, send our, send our links along. Um, next week on the podcast, we are tackling. Something. Oh, no, no, Nancy. No, no, Nancy. Ugh. Yeah, negative people. I can't people. do that because that'll never work because, oh, you shouldn't even bother trying that because... We've done that we've 10 done years that. ago. We did that 10 years ago. Forget it. No, no, no way. Yeah, that's no not going to work. No, no, no that's Nancy. not going to happen. So we'll talk a little bit about how you can um, better handle those negative people in the workplace. Yes. Um, have an awesome day. Because yes. it's looking rainy. I'm going to run home right now. Yeah, I think so too. Bye. Until next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye.